All right, wrestling fans, it is Wednesday, which means it is time for Pro Wrestling America. And I am Southern Dynamite, the promoter of Pro Wrestling America, here on the 7th of July, with Pro Wrestling America coming to you from the Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. As the last couple of weeks have been, there's no roster changes for this week, so we just go right into the card, especially since we have no house shows anymore. So the episode opened with Kurt Henning coming out to the interview area. He challenged David Von Erich to a match on tonight's card. He called me out to make it a number one contenders match for the world heavyweight title. I ignored the request, not my doing. The camera changed to me in the dressing room where I was in negotiations, mind the air quotes, with Bobo Brazil, who is complaining again that he had been cheated out of the world heavyweight title in his last match with The Undertaker. He demanded a rematch again tonight. He had paid his dues so that he should not be overlooked by the PWA. I agreed to give him another shot at the World Heavyweight title. So that's the main event for the evening. But to get to the main event, we need to go through the undercard. So the first match is the next match in the Savannah Jack Gauntlet as he faces off against PG-13's J.C. Ice. And Savannah Jack had an easy match with J.C. Ice. Wolfie D tried to interfere from ringside, but the Nightmares came down to the ring and battled with him. Ice became distracted by the brawl outside the ring. Savannah takes advantage inside the ring. Ken Wayne slammed Wolfie D's head into the ring post and the brawl outside. Savannah Jack got the win inside the ring with the super kick in a time of 4 minutes, 54 seconds. Then the World Tag Team Champions, David Von Erich and Dirty Dutch Mantel, came out to the ring. David wished to respond to Henning's challenge at the beginning of the episode. He demanded that I come out and put Henning in his place. David stated that he doesn't need to have a match to be declared the number one contender for anything. He will take whatever he wants. If he wanted to have the World Heavyweight title, he would have it. Right now, he was focused on ridding the PWA of Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown, but he does accept the match with Kurt Henning regardless. Dutch cut in to cut down Brickhouse. He complained that he had been cheated out of the television title. He declared that he was going to win the television title tonight or he would leave the PWA. David gave Dutch an odd look, but Dutch assured David that there was no way he would lose tonight. He guaranteed Brickhouse that he would be the champion once again tonight. I came out basically to cut Dutch off before he began to rant about something else annoying. I agreed with David. There was no need for David to have to prove himself to be the number one contender. There was no need because Bobo Brazil was the number one contender. David said that there was no wrestler less deserving of being a top contender in the PWA than Bobo Brazil. I told David that his match with Henning would go far toward getting the World Heavyweight title, if that's what he wanted. I told Dutch that I would accept the stipulation that if Dutch loses, he will have to leave the PWA for a year. I asked David, what will that do to your precious World Tag Team titles? and then left the entrance area. The next match had the Armstrong brothers, Brad and Jesse James, facing off against the smoking guns. All four men brawled to begin the match. Referee David Manning had a hard time getting only two men in the ring. Finally, Bart and Brad fell out of the ring. Manning called for the bell to begin the match with Jesse James and Billy. Billy and Jesse James fought the entire match inside the ring. Bart and Brad fought the entire match outside the ring. After 10 minutes of battle, Billy picked up Jesse James for a powerbomb, but Brad rolled back into the ring to chop block him from behind. 
Jesse James landed on top of Billy and got the pin in a time of 10 minutes, 53 seconds. As the Armstrongs left the ringside area, Billy complained about the cheating Armstrongs. Billy reminded Jesse James that he was never able to beat him by himself. He always needed someone else to help him get any wins over him. Bart declared that the PWA had to be the worst organization he had ever signed to wrestle for. He only signed in order to watch Billy's back. He challenged the Armstrongs to a cage match next week. At the mention of another match for next week, since there are already 14 scheduled on the card, I came out to declare that there wouldn't be another match next week because of the Deadly Dozen tournament for the Illinois heavyweight title. After all, did Billy Gunn really want to fight three times next week? I agreed that they could have a match. We could have a cage match. But it would be a War Games match at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit on the 21st. All 10 men from the Strong Army and the Guns for Hire will be involved in that match. Billy and Bart grinned and said they were ready for that match. They wished the Armstrongs well as they got ready to be slaughtered in Detroit. So as they leave the ring, we get set up for the next match, which had Honky Tonk Man facing off against Raven. The feud between Honky Tonk Man and Raven continued to grow as both men are ascending the rankings in the PWA. The match was supposed to be Raven facing off against Jerry Lawler, but Gilbert and Raven jumped Lawler as he was being interviewed. Gilbert threw a fireball into Lawler's face. Lawler stumbled into the interview desk. Raven drilled Lawler onto the concrete floor with an even flow DDT off the desk. Raven then challenged Honky Tonk Man to a match. Honky Tonk Man and Chris Adams came out to the entrance. Honky accepted Raven's challenge. He dedicated the match to Lawler, who was being dragged back to the dressing room. Gilbert and Raven came to the entrance and stood nose to nose with their rivals. Missy tried to sneak up behind Honky Tonk Man, but she was grabbed from behind by Sunshine. As the two women struggled, the four men began to brawl. Eventually, Gilbert tossed Adams off the entrance ramp. The two double-teamed Honky Tonk Man until Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown came out to help their stablemates. Adams made his way back to the onto the entrance ramp and superkicked Gilbert while Honky Tonk Man and Brickhouse took Raven to the ring. The two women were separated by security and taken back to the dressing room area. Once the match officially got underway, Honky Tonk Man could, took control early. As Honky was getting close to attempting a pinfall, Gilbert rushed down to the ring. He was followed closely by Adams. Adams and Gilbert brought outside the ring. As Honky Tonk Man went for the shake, rattle, and roll, Raven countered it with a fireman's carry. Raven held onto the arm and tried to dislocate Honky Tonk Man's shoulder through a series of arm ringers, arm breakers, and arm bars. Raven went for the even flow, but Honky Tonk Man shoved him off. Raven flew back into Manning, who crumbled into the turnbuckle. Gilbert tossed Adams over the guardrail and climbed into the ring. Gilbert and Raven double-teamed Honky Tonk Man until Adams made his way into the ring. All four men battled until Adams tossed Gilbert over the top rope onto the floor. Honky Tonk Man set up Raven for a super kick from Adams, but Raven ducked. Adams nailed Honky with it. Raven nailed Adams with the even flow and rolled him out of the ring. He drug Manning over to make the count as he covered Honky Tonk Man for the win in a time of 16 minutes, 26 seconds. Gilbert and Raven celebrated the win while Sunshine came down to check on her wrestlers. The next match was that special challenge match, Kurt Henning versus David Von Erich. 
and Kurt and David had a wonderful match. They battled back and forth throughout the entire time limit. I have said before that I am not a fan of the territorial idea of a long string of time limit draws, but the occasional time limit draw can definitely produce some heat in a feud. And this match and both men's performance and the number of near falls definitely helped both of them to propel themselves toward that number one contendership that both of them wanted. The one downside to the match was Dirty Dutch Mantel making his presence known as referee David Manning was down again. He brought a chair into the ring. David held Henning up, but Henning ducked it. Mantel nailed David instead. Brickhouse Brown came down to the ring and dropkicked Mantel through the chair. Mantel rolled out of the ring. Brickhouse chased him back to the dressing room area. After that, both Kurt and David jockeyed for an advantage, but the time limit ran out on them. So the official decision is a time limit draw after 30 minutes. The next match had two rising tag teams, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and Steve Carino versus the Nightmares. This match went the full time limit as well. And these two teams would have great matches if they were ever in the ring together at the same time. The Nightmares showcase why they should be considered one of the top tag teams in the PWA. At the end of the match, Daniels and Wayne were the legal men in the ring. Uncharacteristically, after the bell rang that the time limit was up, Daniels held out his hand to shake Wayne's hand. Wayne shook it. He held out his hand to Carino, but Carino refused to shake and walked out of the ring. Daniels was close behind. The two argued with each other as they went up the aisle. The nightmares left the ring as well. Bobo Brazil came to the interview area. He told The Undertaker that he was going to walk out the World Heavyweight Champion tonight. He said there would be no way that The Undertaker would be able to cheat his way to keep the title. And that was a promise. The next match continues the Strong Army Guns for Hire feud as Jimmy Golden faced off against Eric Embry. And these two continued their portion of the feud with a great match. Golden had the advantage through most of the match, but Embry began to make a comeback. J.C. Ice came down to the ring and knocked Embry off the turnbuckle as he was preparing a high-flying attack on Golden. Golden distracted the referee while Ice slingshot himself into a frog splash, but Embry got his knees up. Ice rolled out of the ring. Golden came over to take care of Embry, but Embry hooked him up in a small package to get the pin in the time of 9 minutes, 55 seconds. Now we get to the television title match where Brickhouse Brown put up the television title against Dutch Mantel's PWA contract. So if Brickhouse Brown wins, Dutch Mantel has to leave the PWA for a year. If Dutch wins, Brickhouse Brown loses the title. And this match was the quickest on the card tonight. If you blinked, you missed the match. Both men's tag team partners accompanied them to the ring. As Dutch Distracted the referee by arguing with Iceman, David threw powder into Brickhouse's eyes. Mantel nailed Brickhouse with a pile driver to get the pin in a time of one minute, three seconds. Mantel celebrated in the ring while David clapped slowly at ringside. The question has been since last week, where's Jerry Calhoun? David Manning has had every match on the card as the referee. 
So Jerry Calhoun sent a video where he complained about the amount of disrespect he has received from the wrestlers in the PWA, especially the amount of bodily harm he has endured the last month. He issued an ultimatum that wrestlers who knock out referees be fined or fired. The referee is supposed to be the man in charge of the action in the ring. Calhoun refuses to work for promotion that allows chaos to reign supreme in most of the matches. He gave me one week to answer his demands before his attorney contacts the PWA. So what do we do? Do we have a sit down with the wrestlers and tell them, you know, don't touch the referee? I mean, we that's supposed to be a general rule in the first place. But, of course, that's what gets heels over with the crowd is the abuse of the referee. So will Calhoun be back? How will I answer next week? You'll have to come back next week to find out. All right, that was the first of four title matches on the card. The next title match had Great Muda defending the American heavyweight title against Gold Dust. These two have had a feud going on since the number one contender battle royal for the American heavyweight title. And Muda and Gold Dust battled each other in a great contest that featured both Muda's Japanese strong style and Gold Dust plain unorthodox style. And the match went back and forth for the entire time. But Goldust eventually came out on top after a tombstone pile driver in a time of 24 minutes, 59 seconds. Your new American heavyweight champion is Goldust. The next match featured the Sawyer brothers defending their American tag team titles against Chris Candido and Rick Rude. Candido and Rude gave their all against the ta American tag team champions and came out on top when Rude pinned Buzz after the Rude Awakening in a time of 14 minutes, 30 seconds. So your new American tag team champions are Chris Candido and Rick Rude. After the match, Brett grabbed the microphone. He congratulated Candido and Rude for a tough battle and their title win. He then announced that there would be no return match for the titles. He had wrestled his last match for the PWA. He was leaving the PWA for personal reasons. He appreciated his time in the PWA, but he needed to take a break from the ring. He wished Rudin Candido a long title reign. He also wished Buzz well as he battles for the Illinois heavyweight title in the Deadly Dozen tournament. The fans gave Brett a standing ovation as they left the ring. Why was this Brett's last match? Basically because I don't know what to do with him other than just have him continue to ride on Buzz's coattails, so to speak, as the tag team champions and as a tag team wrestler. But I've got enough guys in the PWA that are primarily tag team wrestlers. And I have never seen Brett Sawyer as any further than a low mid-card wrestler. He's there to help the other guys build up heat in their matches. So I had him leave the PWA for personal reasons. He may come back. He may not. It all depends on if there's a way I can figure out how to use him other than just being a tag team partner for Buzz, who I would rather see go into the singles titles, whether the Illinois heavyweight title or the television title. Either one of those, you know, Buzz would be a great champion with. So now the main event on the card tonight, world heavyweight title match. Undertaker defending the title against Bobo Brazil once again. 
Brazil and Undertaker made their way to the ring. The two giants squared off for more than 10 minutes, with Undertaker having the advantage for most of the match. Undertaker nailed Brazil with the last ride. He signaled for the tombstone, but David Von Erich's music began to play. Undertaker looked toward the entrance, but David never appeared. Brazil got back to his feet, but David came out of the ringside fans and slid into the ring. He nailed Brazil with a vicious clothesline, and referee David Manning called for the bell and awarded the match to Brazil by disqualification. Undertaker and David stood toe-to-toe -to -toe in the middle of the ring. The crowd went crazy, expecting a great explosion of violence between the two until both men left the ring in separate directions. Brazil won the match by disqualification in a time of 12 minutes, 45 seconds. But The Undertaker is still your world heavyweight champion. Now, this is one of those cards that has the interesting booking in that four title matches and the champions lose each one of the matches. Three of them lose the titles, but you have all four champions show that there are chinks in the armor, even though, yes, Undertaker's chink is the fact that there are more people gunning for him because he is the world heavyweight champion. Now, what will this do for the Undertaker and Bobo Brazil feud that's kind of heating up right now? I'm sure Bobo will be back next week complaining that he got robbed once again. But will he take it out on Undertaker or will he take it out on David Von Erich? You'll have to find out next time. But we do know David, through his actions, looks to be aiming towards the World Heavyweight title. And it's definitely a, an idea for either him or Kurt Henning or Bobo Brazil to be the next World Heavyweight Champion. Because out of the guys who I think could honestly beat The Undertaker in a convincing match, now granted, Stone Cold Steve Austin has beaten The Undertaker many, many times. But I think these three guys have the best way of having a good match with The Undertaker in matching styles, uh, and well, not, not matching styles, but clashing styles uh, with The Undertaker instead of just being a brawler like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, anyway, this is the end of the card for the night. This has been Pro Wrestling America presented to you by Southern Dynamite, Doug Minton. And I wish you God's blessings this week as you wrestle with theology.